What up, what up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is uh, another live unscripted on the Serato Twitch channel. Um, I'm your host, Matt Perry, if you've never tuned in before. This is what I do and I host. Um, but uh, today, I'm really pleased to welcome our special guests. This week's special guests are an innovative group from Toronto, Canada. I'm in Canada currently, so it works out really well. Um, if you've ever seen them perform live, you'll probably left very amazed at the dynamic performance. And you've probably heard a bunch of their music by uh, played by some of your favorite DJs as they've made like anthems um, for us to all enjoy. So um, without further ado, I'm really pleased to welcome to the show our friends, Keys and Crates. What up, everybody? <laughs> We're keeping it real. <laughs> Long time no see. Um, so how, how are you guys doing today? Good, man. Good, good. Yeah, man. Just in the studio. Just... Another day in the studio, just chopping away. Nice. Um, just so uh, so everyone knows, this is Matisse, Adam, and Greg, for, which are make up uh, Keys and Crates. It's great to have you guys on the show. If you don't mind, um, would you guys just uh, do a quick introduction of each member, just if, just so in case people don't know? This guy just started in the band. I started last week. Yeah, we don't know who he is. He just popped very, in this Very, very keen to play drums. Yeah, this is a ukulele player we found on the street uh, here. He's uh, super proficient. Yeah, we just thought we could we could see what we could do with him. Yeah, you know? they're stunt doubles. The real keys and crates are just long for a couple. Actually, this guy's the new cleaner of the studio. Yeah. Yes, he just oh. bought a new. I like a, I like a whole oh, <laughs> touchy subject, huh? Hey, actually, I've known you guys for a bunch of years, so I know that's all bullshit. Um, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us just about how like you formed? Like I actually don't know how did you guys how did you guys like start? I I, I know that you guys kind of knew each other and you're all from Toronto, but like how did you actually like originally link up? Um, Tune was a male stripper. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Matisse and I went to college together, so we started playing in college, and then. Um, I guess Matisse and Greg met through a mutual friend uh, named Abby, and they started jamming for like, no, then Matisse brought me into the mix, and we started jamming in a rehearsal room for like six months, and then we played our first show in Toronto, and we put it on YouTube, and then we started getting booked. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Real short summer <laughs> That was what 2008 though, right? That was a long time ago. You guys have been together for what, over a decade now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's coming That's... up to 15 years, I think, next year. Is it? Yeah. Damn. Time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, Greg, you were you were part of the A Team DJs, is that right? Mm -hmm. Want to shout out A Team DJs one time? Yeah. Shout out <laughs> LL Headspin, DJ Pumperoni. Uh, <laughs> Grand Theft DR1, damn, yeah, shout out the A team DJs for sure. Yeah, that's like whole... Canadian institution right there. Yeah, and still like extended fam. Like, I mean, like those guys are all still like my good friends, and like me and Grand Theft, like we'll make music together, and like Keys have made music with Grand Theft. So, yeah, like where it's all, it's all love, you know. So. And and Matisse, you've you've got a you do a, some R and B stuff too, right? Is is that correct? Yeah, I got this side thing I'm doing now, kind of low key concerts. It's more of I kind of came up classically trained in piano, so it's more of my um, like a chiller vibe where I just celebrate like singer songwriters and string players and horn players, and we just kind of 
go out and we kind of have these more like vibier things. So um, kind of another side that I've kind of started doing just for fun. Nice. And Adam, do you have a do you have a side project? Are you doing an R&B album as well? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just play squash. That's it. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, we got Bishy Bucky in the chat here who actually remembers me. You guys in Vancouver, um, maybe that was at what Livestock Block Party? Uh, and yeah. That's when you played. Yeah. I played bass. Oh, okay. We're going to get right to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are we going to get into that? Do you have the footage of that? Uh, I don't have... Well, why don't you tell them when you were part of Keys and Crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you guys brought us up. But um, yes, there was a moment where I did play in Keys and Crates. So I'm glad we can officially make that um, public right now. <laughs> but yes, that was a long time ago. I think that was like, what, 2009 when you guys just started out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you on the base. And how many rehearsals did we have with you? How did we, how was that for you? Did we just kind of throw you on the bus and just take you on stage? I can't remember. We have one rehearsal, two rehearsals that we send you the music. Do you remember? I think it was, worked? it was, yeah, you guys sent me the music um, that you had. You had like a set and you sent me the set that you'd, re you'd recorded um, in Toronto. Uh, and then I just like figured out, <laughs> I, I just improvised some bass lines um, to what I assumed you, you, what you wanted to, to do. And then I think we just did a sound check. That was the rehearsal was the sound check. And then yeah. we did like what, five, five dates or something in BC. That was wild. Wow. Amazing. Good times. For all of yeah. you guys who don't know, Matt's a sick bass player. Hey. I'm gonna, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. I got my bass here. Um, I got some keys. I got some crates. I got a bass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Start my own group over here. Whole... <laughs> but um, real talk, though, that was that was a, a great uh, a great time. Um, but, yeah, you guys have really developed your sound a lot from there. I think, um, you know, that back then you guys were really kind of more focusing on remixing, like from what I remember. Is that, would you say that's correct? Yeah, we yeah. started as like a live remix band and then kind of learned how to produce together like from that, you know, we sort of like the live remixing thing was like fun to do. And then we wanted to start making our own shit. So we're like, oh, shit, how do we do that? You know, and we just kind of figured it out and then figured out how to translate that music live. And that's kind of when stuff sort of like really connected for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I think like a lot of the. The original songs are what people really know you for now. Um, I don't even... Do people still associate you as a remix, doing remixes as well, or not really, eh? Not really. I mean, we put remixes out. We put remixes out during the pandemic. Like, we put stuff on Bandcamp, but I mean, I think, like, we're more known for, like, just doing our own music and, you know, we'll remix stuff, like, when we, when we really want to, and I don't know. I don't really know what people know us for. <laughs> I just quit asking us these hard questions. Man. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> What's our favorite pie? What the yeah. hell? Like something, man. What? Well, you know what? Actually, I I wanted to play one of like the remixes you guys put out recently because it's so dope. Um, so I'm just gonna pull up the old Serrato. There we go. You guys as well. Um, this Frank Ocean one you guys did, the Chanel one is is insane. So let's run that one time. I'm just gonna I'm just hit it from the drop. If you guys are good with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro.
I mean, that's the fire, fire, fire remix, guys. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks. Love that one. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, can you get that? Is that on? Is that on your Bandcamp? Yeah. Nice. Cop that yeah, in the yeah. chat. Um, actually, um, did you guys? So, did that start as like a a, a live remix? Actually, Bushy Buck has got great questions here. They, did you did you start that as like a live remix and then record it? No, we just kind of were messing around with that sample with the Frank Ocean sample, and uh, I think it started off as like a whole other kind of like beat part, and then we ended up like not liking that and like just jamming on different ways to do it, to do that part. And then we ended up on like, like this steel pan sound, which is really funny because <laughs> Toon like hates steel pans. I don't so hate much. steel pans. He just says, you just say I used, I just say, I used to play in a steel pan band. So I'm oh. like, I can't marry these two things. Did you yeah, play yeah, the yeah. steel pans in this, in that remix? You did? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Nah, no, that's Omnisphere, man. No. But we're oh. gonna get we're gonna get a new uh, we're gonna get a steel pan in here. These guys don't know yet. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm wiped out. I don't yeah, hate I, them. I, I like them. Pen. I mean, I try... <laughs> play a little bit of steel pan. Do you? Yeah, yeah I learned. I mean, it's Caribbean. You learn a little bit. I'm not gonna go on stage and perform and brag about it or anything, but you know. yeah, man, I love the steel pan, man. It's such a dope sound. Um, and so yeah. like, speaking of like your remixes, though, like um. Now, when you went from making remixes to producing original tracks, like, did that all that remixing kind of knowledge help inform making original music? Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think so. I think, I think, you know, when you do remix, I mean, a re, anytime you do a, a remix, it's it's a chance to just practice different things, and you know, like you learn something new about drum programming, or you learn learn something new about. Um, messing with samples or treating samples in a certain way or grooving samples with drums in a different way or, and that's always going to translate into our original music because I mean, the way we're always trying to treat our original music too, is like having the feeling a lot of like chopped up samples and stuff like that too. So like, even when we're, you know, not even using a sample or sometimes we are using a sample in our, uh, our original music, like it is a lot of like sample chopping or like, playing playing instruments around samples and negotiating that and kind of trying to make it sound like all like one thing um you know i think just remixing is another it's a it's a way to practice that but with a maybe a song that has already a cultural reference point you know so it's cool it's like it's fun to do it and uh we always get i think we always get something out of it you know the thing i learned with from that frank ocean thing was uh Less kicks is more sometimes. That's <laughs> true. You know, like, and it's shit that you, it's shit that you just forget. You just forget. And then you're like, and sometimes you like every beat or like every remix you do or every original song you do even is kind of like an exercise and you like learn these little things from it. And the thing I learned from the Frank Ocean thing was like, I remember when that beat came together, I just deleted a bunch of kicks and it was like, oh, that's the groove right there. It's just like, boom you know it's just like that it sounded like the 808 was getting thrown around and that's like when it started to sound super dope those steel pans started sounded super corny at first and i remember we were like laboring over those and then like we just deleted a bunch of kicks and i was like oh yeah like and then you start to think about like a lot of uh like kind of halftime trap groups made at that tempo and you're like oh yeah there's like two kicks in the in, the, in eight bars you know what i mean and you're like oh yeah just like the obvious thing but it sometimes it takes going through a whole thing to just like 
relearn those things or like things to get illuminated you know it's interesting mm -hmm. that's a really good perspective because i mean you know, like like we kind of discussed a little earlier you're all very qualified musicians you're all very talented at you know the instruments that you play you obviously know a lot about music theory you know a lot about notes and 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 whatnot but it's really great to hear that from you guys you know saying like just taking out stuff is is really important sometimes is that something you, that you struggle with or is that something that that you've you've just learned to do more i mean because your music is i mean there's only three of you guys so you know you're you've got limited parameters right i think when we're playing live yeah, yeah. but when we're writing music from the perspective of like uh you know ableton you know sky's the limit for us but with that said i think we've just been trying to we've been trending in a direction of being more minimal in general just because we like that you know like we our, our music a lot of our music used to sound like denser and like like all these like layers and stuff like that um but when we look back at our previous music like most of our favorite stuff is like the more minimal stuff so we've just been trending towards making more minimal stuff and we also just I think we just all like appreciate like that Italian uh, cooking aspect of music where it's like you just have like a few really dope ingredients that kind of stand on their own and that like makes everything so, so much more memorable and you think about like really great songs whether you're thinking about like a Beatles song or you're thinking about like a house song or like a trap song it doesn't really matter usually the best shit is like you just remember like one or two elements you know it's like those memorable things and they stand on their own um, and that's kind of how we've been trying to like approach stuff more, you know. That's dope. The Italian cooking method. We need the we need this emote <laughs> in the chat right now, guys. <laughs> um, that's also interesting because on the other side of that, if you guys are making, you know, your original music, does that also uh, inform how you perform it live? Like to strip it back for live performance. You know, funny, we were just talking about some of that and not not necessarily. I mean, that's actually one of the, the biggest challenges when we go to play live is that the music stays, you know, you make it for a record and it has one groove. Um, for instance, I mean, there were some times where we would be playing something and we would play a groove that, you know, would have a triplet kick or something that would work on beats. But then to go play it live, it just doesn't work. And I remember even perfect example is, you know, is is like music to my ears or something one of those tracks and the swing in that track trying to get that to be the right swing live versus the swing on the recording you know what i mean and um or even like a song like dum de dum and stuff like we would sit there and try to figure out how to like you'd have to then you'd have the song on record then you have to come back and learn it live and then i think sometimes when we're making beats i, I can't speak for all of us but i know sometimes for myself i sometimes think about okay can i actually play this live um, I think we did that with Glitter. Um, Glitter on our last tour was one of the funnest ones for us to play live because it was so, it was so rooted in kind of the groove that Tune naturally plays and, and Tune has a great groove when he plays four on the floor. And so when we would play that song live, it just kind of came to life, you know? Um, so we kind of learned that there's certain grooves that were like, oh, well that groove's gonna be very hard to play live. Like, you know, we kind of, that would start to kind of inform us in terms of what we would do with the beat. So yeah, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of both of those in there. I think some stuff also just sounds good on a record and then it sounds better play being played differently, you know, like it sounds like, and, and I think that depends on also who's playing it, but we find we tend to speed stuff up when we play live, like a few BPM and it, mm -hmm. it always feels natural for us. Like we have an inclination to towards speeding things up a bit. Um, 
And like, yeah, I just think we, we just try and reapproach it so that we try and get as much integrity out of the recording as we can, but try and play in a way that's like comfortable for us to play. It also feels like it has like the appropriate live energy. If that, if that like kind of makes sense. So we're always kind of, it's always a negotiation. And sometimes we start with like a version that's very much like exactly like the record. And we're like, oh, this feels so flat. Like to play it live like this, we got to like speed it up. And like two needs to like fucking relax and like not play these parts, but like just add his own parts that feel more like stuff he would naturally do or like, you know, or sometimes we start with something that's so far away from the original and we move it more towards it, you know, we, so it's like always this like kind of negotiation, um, especially because I think one thing that we all like is not thinking like I know Matisse said like, yeah, can I actually play this? I think when I'm actually making stuff, I like the freedom of like not thinking about that. I just like making a good record. You know, I think we all the three of us have nuances in the way we approach making tunes or whatever, but I like to not think about that too much. But I also uh, have some comfort in the fact that if the, the record's minimal enough, we should be able to pull this off, you know, in some way, you know? That's cool so, too, yeah. because it sounds like when you go to a live show, which is such a different experience, like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to necessarily pigeonhole you or in any way, but, you know, you play a lot of EDM festivals, or you play a lot of festivals and you tour a lot, um, and the music that you play is, is not a common band, right? I would say you guys are pretty unique in this world. Um, but what that gives you is probably the ability to provide a different experience from the record too. So then it's even more cool to see you guys play live. Is that, is that something that you guys are kind of conscious of when you, when you do that, when you put it together a live show? Yeah. 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 I mean, we had different evolutions. I mean, if you saw us in our early stages, we almost did everything live where there was lots of like shots and jamming and different things. And then when we started playing more with kind of a backing track where we were trying to play along with some of the pieces, it became a bit more structured and we had to find a way to actually, it was really hard sometimes to find the, the, the place to put the musicianship in because you had this, you had this riff in there that was, that was already out in the world. And now you had to find a way to add an intro to the song or now it has to blend with some of the, the other music you had. And, and one of our things, we have a lot of music that kind of is all from a lot of different tempos. So you're trying to figure out how to take, how to get the audience from here to there. And these two pieces, on record don't do that so we got to create this live piece to kind of do that so sometimes we'd have to create entire interludes just to kind of fill out a section for the show so that two songs could live in the same world and we'd be like we'd literally like we'd have to come up and literally just put samples together on our keys and our turntables and stuff and, and have to come up with like whole five minute sections of or 10 minute sections of music just to bring certain songs together and that was always i mean that that's very challenging but it's also very rewarding because you know i think we all enjoy the aspect of oh we've got something we can't wait to get on stage and and watch how the crowd reacts to this you know and i think um some of us are like big fans of like sticking to a specific pocket of a groove for a while and so you might have a song that on the record is only three minutes long so now we got to figure out a way to turn that section into seven minutes because live you want the audience to sit in that pocket for longer you know so that's kind of the joy of doing that i mean that's that's so cool though because it makes you so much different from a, just a DJ set, right? So when you're playing a festival with like a bunch of DJs and they see you guys, you're doing these, you're doing these different things that are, you know, you have the freedom to do essentially because you are 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 instruments, you're musicians, and man, that's I think every time I've ever seen you guys play, I've always just been like, oh wow, this is just so 
like another level you know what i mean like of you know what, what what we're almost used to at this point which is a dj set and saying that i'm not sh- i'm not throwing any shade on on dj sets because you know they can be as as you know as as dynamic and interesting as you want to make them too so um also next year we're playing all dj <laughs> 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 that so, was, to that point though to that point <laughs> it is going to be really awesome <laughs> yeah and and so I, I guess on that then like when you approach in a dj set what are people going to experience uh in a from a keys and crates dj set like what break can you break that down for us i like the, the i mean i think to really understand it you'll have to hear our new album which is like coming in mid-november not to be like Cheese, cheese ball promoting our upcoming project. Yeah, that new album. Yeah. Yeah. Get that new album, yeah, son. Plug that. Say it again. Say it yeah. again. <laughs> um, I think it's November 13th. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. We've been, we've kind of evolved into, um, I think, uh, a bit like more of a mature uh, version of ourselves. Um, I think it's it's taking elements from, from house. It's taking elements from uh, Afrobeat stuff. It's taking elements still from some trap stuff um but it's kind of a vibier more fun version of ourselves um adults and, and more mature and yeah and know. it's and it yeah and i i would i would say dancier to be we also kind of do a lot of our own edits and a lot of our own versions of stuff and we create pieces again like we create things if we want to make two songs talk together that don't normally talk together we bring in another piece of music that we write so it can work together so a lot of that set is actually really only you can only get it at a keys and crates show because a lot of the edits we make have to we have to make them so they work in our set because we're all over the place so you'll probably hear a lot of stuff you've never heard anywhere else or at least flipped a little bit differently if you come out to what we do yeah like our our, our pocket is kind of between being vibey and energetic and that's actually a, a kind of a, a tough pocket to sit in because uh, a lot of music kind of dichotomizes off at being either super vibey or super energetic. Um, and because we're trying to live in this in-between space, like we either kind of have to make the music or we have to edit the music in a way that that brings those two worlds together, like Matisse is saying. So it's sort of like, yeah, you really are kind of gonna get a set that you're not gonna get anywhere else, for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, it's it's gonna be its own thing. And it's gonna be a mix of, you know, it's it's gonna sound very tribal, it's gonna sound uh, very groovy. There's going to be elements again of like Afrobeat, trap, ballet funk, house, all kind of mixed and mashed together, and hopefully in a way for people that uh, feels like organic and seamless and not uh, forced and contrived. You know, that's awesome. Well, I mean, a lot of people are in the chat right now, and um, I'm just going to go do a quick shout out to a couple a couple of people. We got JMKM, one of Toronto's greatest. Uh, we got Hits Daniel. Um, Marvel's in the chat. We got a lot of homies. Kid Koo in the chat. Mr. Sunny James. Um, play, play a Hayton in the, in the chat. He's got some specific questions about the album. But let's drop some of the, the, the tour dates if you can. As, as you guys are doing the, the DJ tour across uh, North America or just uh, the US, Like, what, what are some of the key areas you guys are going to try and hit? Um, Toronto for sure, like, uh, us mostly right now are the announced stuff, but hopefully we'll get like some other parts of Canada added. Um, we're starting in Vegas. Uh, we're doing the life is beautiful festival in two weeks. We're going to be out there. Um, cool. super excited with that one. Cause we haven't been to a festival really in the, since, since the whole lockdown. So really interesting to see what that's going to be like. Um, mm-hmm. 
from LA soon. Um, yeah, DC, Atlanta, Tampa, Toronto, Burlington, Vermont, Columbus, Detroit, Denver. Houston, Santa Fe, Dallas, Denver, Kansas City, Minneapolis, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, Tempe, New York. Um, but we'll, we'll be adding more stuff as we go along. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're out there. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'm, I'm sure everyone's really excited to finally be able to get out and actually dance to a dope DJ set after, you know, being locked away for for a year and a half. So um, this is exciting. Um, so on the on the album, I think we should probably just jump into into this album. So you're saying the album is out uh, November 13th? I think so. Like, it's either the 12th or the 13th or some, something like that. It's like, within two or three days of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of still being totally finalized. But yeah, like mid-November, the album's coming out. We have um, a, our singles coming out, our next single's coming out next Wednesday. It? Next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, that's, we're super excited about that. That that single's actually um, like the title of the album as well, um, which is Original Classic. The album's called Original Classic, the single next week is the title track of the album. Um, it features um, Juicy J, Chip, and uh, Marvel. So yeah, super excited about that song. Really excited for you guys to hear it. Juicy J? 3-6 yeah, Mafia yeah. Juicy J? Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, that's that's crazy. That's awesome. And then so Chip E, is it? Chip. Chip, Chip. okay. C-H-I-P. Yeah, he's, he's uh, British. He's from uh, like Skeptis Crew. Okay. Um, and then Marble, who's uh, a friend of ours, who's also British from London, and yeah, she's she's awesome. Awesome. And so the album is going to be called Original Original Classic. Yeah. yeah. Original awesome. Classic. Now, and so the next yeah. single's out next week. Does it does is, what's the next? Is there any guests on the next single, or is that a purely keys and crates joint next week? No, that's, no, that's the, the one with Juicy J. With Juicy J oh shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, well, let, well, tell me what it was like working with Juicy J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, that? what's Juicy J was like? Really, it, was really, it was really just phone calls at the moment because when we did the track, it was obviously during a lockdown. So it was more just kind of going back and forth, um, jumping on phone calls and just sending ideas back and forth, um, which has kind of been the, the process for most of, I'm sure, most people for the last year or so. But uh uh, I know Greg was speaking to Juicy J more, but I remember the time that we, all three of us were on the call. He was just sound very, you know, very cool and very chill and, you know, just very humble dude. And it was really cool to kind of be on the phone with him and be like, yo, we're getting this guy on our, on our, on our track. So, yeah, I mean, and we were just stoked that he was like open to it, because I mean, when you hear the record, you'll definitely say whether you like it or not, you've never heard him on a beat like this for sure. <laughs> And uh, we were just that he kind of understood, like he got it, you know, um, he got the vibe and, and he like killed it. So it's awesome. Wow. If, and um, like you, you guys are obviously fans of Three Six Mafia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. Course. What would be your like, what's your quintessential Three Six Mafia song? Well, I, 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 I'm that's my. I mean, that's, that's my, been in like our set so many times. And I mean. Yeah, that's just one of my favorite like sampley kind of bounce beat. I don't even know what you call that beat. Like that's not really a that's not a trap beat. That's like to me like I don't know what genre that would be. Like bounce. It's not bounce music really because it's from like Memphis. But um, I don't know, man. It's just like 
when that record came out, that was everything. It just had like the club sound, but also like that that sample that sample sound. What is that sample again? Uh, you know Willie Hutch, is it? Willie Hutch. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie Hutch. Tell me why I think by Billy, uh, Willie Hutch. Yeah. Um, should we, should we, you want to listen to it? Should we put that on right now? Pull it up. Uh, we we got the power. You know what I mean? We, we got the power. Let's see what we got. Tell tell me why our love has turned cold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Let's find out. Nope. <laughs> tell me why Willie Hutch. Someone's gonna be like, no, you, that's not the song. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I got it somewhere. Well, let's just pull up "Stay Fly" because that—that's the song we need to listen to, really. Oh man. Let's run it. Here we go. Yeah. For the first time, it's going down history, baby. New Three Six Mafia, featuring A Ball and MJG, Young Buck. It's a Tennessee thing. We gotta stay. DJ Paul off. No disrespect to DJ Paul, of course, who's amazing as well, but we're focusing on Juicy J. Do you want us to give you a shitty uh, preview of um, Original Classic? Original Classic? Oh, hell yes. We're all about the exclusive preview if we can if we uh, can do that. It's going to be shitty live from the speakers of the Keys and Crates studio here in Toronto. But yeah, I mean, feel free to email it to me if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep it raw for this. Yeah, feel free to. Yeah, this is where you guys can can rip the uh, the low quality um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playback for the early release. This is awesome. Thank you guys for treating us to a an exclusive preview. You gotta sit your. Uh, yeah. Do I have yeah. to restart my shit or is it? Gonna... I'm gonna switch to the sound. Usually it comes right up. Oh yeah, actually, you know, while we're talking about three six. Uh, JM Cameron brought up a really good a good point. Remember when Three Six Mafia won a Mother <clears throat> Oscar? <laughs> that was oh a, yeah, that's what was that for? Um, uh, the movie, right? They did the soundtrack for. Uh, yeah, what was the movie again that they did? Something Hustler, Hustle. Oh man, Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow, Hustle and flow yeah. Hustle yeah, and Junior they won, Flow. They won a they won a uh, uh, yeah an Oscar. It was amazing. And they were like on stage. It was like it was so amazing. Yeah, oh, I'd for, love to see that. Yeah. For it's it's hard out here for a pimp. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. What an awesome! Right? Isn't Ludacris the one he knocks out? In the... 
Was it ludicrous that he fights in it? You guys ever seen the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. long ago. I'm trying to remember who he... Oh, man, I haven't seen it so long. This slow laptop. Yeah. We have to restart the laptops each time we need to plug it in. You can keep talking to us until that. Until <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out <laughs> UAD. <laughs> yeah, shout out UAD. Sick drivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Juicy J is also a producer, too. I know Juicy J and DJ Paul have made some classics as well. Um have you do you guys are you guys fans of the beats as well? I assume you are. Yeah, like the three six beats. Like what is some outside stuff they've done? I mean I know they did Project Pat stuff who's obviously right. had one of my favorite ones, uh like a player, I think. Um and then they did that one with uh ASAP Rocky and uh Drum recently. Uh so Oh, I need to hear that. I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I mean, I can play it if you if you still need some time on the. Uh... I got this up for you now. Okay, let's go. I'm, this is more important that we have the preview, the world premiere it's of no, the new no, Keys no, and Crates. You're gonna blare it. Oh, oh yeah, I know Greg's gonna, gonna blare it. Classic. Classic. 
Yo. 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 What can you guys say? You just got, you just got the, the plug from the, the group. We got you the exclusive on the new Keys and Crates. That's fire, guys. Thanks. Man, so holy shit. That's, thank you so much for sharing that with us all, man. What a... What a what a jam, dude! That's gonna go right into the DJ crates of everybody right here. So, so you got a whole album. Um, can, what can we expect with that? Is this is this a kind of a direction that you're going to be taking with this original classic sound, or are we going to experience a bunch of different uh, genres um, that that like similar to what you've do, you've done before as well? Yeah, like I think everything kind of will feel right at home with this. You know, like the, there's definitely there's stuff at different tempos and uh, different grooves, but um, I think we're all like really influenced by um, like Afro-Brazilian stuff, like kind of like Afro-Brazilian kind of drum lines, but also ballet funk and also like Afrobeat and also house music and also trap music. And we're all kind of, and, and you know, yeah, and, and house and like kind of just how to make our stuff like groovier, but in like an interesting way that felt authentic to us. So like a lot of this is just us kind of yeah, like going down the rabbit hole of like experimenting with like new grooves that we think are cool and interesting and trying to bring our, our previous textures, you know, like the sample kind of textures into stuff, but also trying to make our stuff a little bit more minimal and a little bit more clubby and, and dancey as well, because it's just something that's exciting to us, you know, like just stuff that's a little bit uh, lighter and, and feels like it, it moves and grooves more. So I think we're trying to accomplish all that and and uh have a, a bit of a soundtracky overtone to a lot of the stuff as well you know i think our perspective on on dance stuff is um it can be energetic but it can, it can also be like really beautiful and uplifting um and but also like funky at the same time um so i think we're just trying to bring all those things in and hopefully the other stuff you know translates like this does and feels at home with it i mean we we, we think it does and it was really made from the same vantage point but there's all kinds of records on there there's you know different different kinds of stuff on there you know i mean i think if, if i i mean i think like someone said in the chat i think it was jara said um you know that's not that's not really easy to do um and without you know kind of messing up making it sound corny and i think that you know from knowing you guys over the years even when you started out and what you were doing with remixing you were touching on a bunch of genres and knowing you all kind of personally um, you know, I think you, you all have very um, eclectic taste. You, you like a lot of different genres, like kind of what you're just talking about. But bringing them all together is, is must be a, a real a real challenge. Um, but it's something that I think you guys do so well. Totally. Yeah, I mean, painstakingly, we've, we've like, it's just, I think because the three of us, like, we're all, we're all very similar in certain ways and all very different in other ways. So we, in order for this team to work, we have to incorporate things to keep us all excited about the project. So it ends up being like, again, it's like three chefs coming together and trying to make a new dish and somebody's influenced with Caribbean, someone's influenced with Italian, someone's influenced with Indian, some of the influence with Greek. And it's like, we're just figuring it out and we just throw these spices in and we just keep cooking until a dish comes out there. We're like, ah, we can serve that one, you know? And there's a lot of misses too. We just only, you know, show the ones that we all feel good about. And, uh, you know, but we're cooking all the time, and 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 we we, I think the the cool thing that we all have is that when we all agree on a track, we know that it's going to be something good because all of us are so critical with music, that when the three of us like something, 
and we're happy to share, then usually our audience does too. And that's been kind of our benchmark, however, however long it takes. Yeah, I think like the authentic thing about it, us is just that it's like kind of distilling all our individual influences into into something that we all think is hot and we can replicate so that, you know, other things like that can live next to each other and there can be like a world, you know, we're trying to create like a little bit of a world of frankly music that we think is kind of lacking out there, you know, and, and, and also building off off stuff. There is a lot of great stuff. I mean, I sent you a bunch of stuff that we were listening to. Um, but I feel like we're just kind of trying to create our own ecosystem amongst, uh, other music that we like really respect, you know, we really respect, you know, Catronata, we really respect Tisha, we really respect Disclosure, you know, we really respect Sango, you know, like we respect all these people there's, and, and much more. And I think we're just trying to do our own version of this, bringing in all the tastes that we like together. So it's, and I, I think it becomes a bit of a melting pot, more of a melting pot than anybody, because there's three of us and we have, we all have these different things that we're excited about, you know, or, or maybe things that one guy's excited about one guy's not so hot on, you know? So I think distilling that becomes the, the true expression sort of, of like the three of us and what keys is, you know what I mean? That, that says a lot too about your relationship with each other. And if you don't mind me, I don't, you know, not to get too personal, but you know, being together for such a long time as a group. I mean, I'm sure that's come with its, a certain level of challenges as well, but you know, the fact that you guys are all together and you, and the, and what you're talking about, how you kind of like are able to distill these sounds through working together and your different influences says a lot about you as individuals. Um, is there any like learnings that you could uh, impart about, you know, how, how important it is to keep your relationships with each other, with each other strong within in a creative environment? I mean, I think like, I can say for myself, I've, I've had to learn to become like a better communicator, you know, like learn to uh, become more effective at uh, critiquing ideas while encouraging stuff at the same time. Like I used to be terrible at that. And these guys will co-sign that, you know what I mean? Um, I think, but I think all three of us have had to become more effective at communicating yeah. with each other, you know, like uh, in a way that we're, encouraging everybody to come up with dope shit, but also in a way that we're trying to be very clear and more and more clear about like what we're sort of going after um, and what, what the truest version of the sum of the three of us really are. So I think just like clear communication and like, but also just having an environment that feels like open for experimentation and growth. I think a big breakthrough for us too was when we all figured out, like we could say to each other, you know what? The vibe's not good in here right now. You know, what's going on with you? Or like, you know, you're, you're giving off this vibe. And for someone to be able to say that to me and be, and for me to take that without feeling ego or anyone else and be like, yeah, what is wrong? You know, mm -hmm. and be able to figure out and study and analyze why, you know, cause we've been on the road with each other. We've been through everything and there's great times, but then sometimes you end up, what you learn as a band is you can, you can spiral up and you can also spiral down and any one of us can trigger it depending on what's going on in our day. And if you're not, and the best thing I think with us is that we're able to check each other. We've gone through enough ups and downs and fights and stuff that we can say, Hey, like, yo man, like what's wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and say it with a very, just straight up. And it, and it makes you very self-aware at the time to be like, Oh yeah, I am a grump. And you can figure out, Oh, it's something I did this morning or I'm pissed off about this. And then you go and you kind of correct yourself and you come back. And then the guys that come back, they're just like, cool, man, let's get back to it. You know what I mean? So, um, 
I think just having that ability for all three of us to be able to do it has really has really kept us together as a team and, and growing and evolving. Yeah, being open to improving and changing and like evolving and taking other people's like criticisms in a constructive way and you know like I don't know just just trying to yeah and and just and trying to improve self awareness I think you know how you're this last two years honestly I think for all of us yeah. because we had never stopped like. We weren't stopping ever, as you probably know. We had toured nonstop since we began, it felt like. And so COVID was a really interesting thing because I think I know for myself personally, just having time away from the guys to even figure out like who I was outside of the band and to figure out like an identity on your own, to kind of figure out like where are you at now and to kind of watch what we all did while we had like two years off to kind of just see what we're all about without the pressure of like two other heads kind of in your head all the time, you know? And having a chance to grow individually that way was a was a very eye-opening thing for all of us because it I think it was for a lot of DJs that were touring at that time I've talked to a few people that were touring as heavily as we were and it's just like you know that before you know 2019 that 2015 to 2019 was just go time for so many people and I think for us just having that break for two years really kind of helped us figure out okay well who are we are now like now that the world's coming back open who are we now we're just basically now saying we just want to have fun you know, we want to explore, go back to the way we were when we were like when we first came with the music and not so, put so much pressure on us with the career and the thing. But like, what is it that we generally enjoy doing for music and how do we bring that into the room and, and keep that vibe? Because there is a lot of pressure, right? The machine is, I find, I can't speak for everyone. I think I, I think we all know, like music starts off as something you enjoy as a hobby. And then before you know, it becomes a duty and a career and then something you can't stop because everything's happening around you and it's nonstop. And for us, we enjoyed it. But again, it gets it gets tricky because I think there was a couple of years we had toured. I, I think the first time I had a weekend off in Toronto, I came home and I asked my friends, like, what do I do on a weekend? Because I'd never been home on a weekend in Toronto for like two years. And I honestly didn't know what to do with myself, you know, and so even when we were home for those those years, the three of us were like, this is weird. Like, we don't have any shows, you know, and we're like, kind of like this. And it was a whole new life you had to get adjusted to. Um, and then you're able to kind of look at the machine and the, the history you had and what you liked about touring, what you didn't, you know, things you want to come back to, things you don't. And you kind of get a chance to like kind of look outside everything. And and and, and now that we're, we're ready to come back, it's kind of cool because now we can kind of reinvent ourselves again and figure out what we want to do to keep us excited moving forward in this day and age. Yeah, and I think like the things that make like a lot of like a lot of the the business of the music, uh, like what makes uh, propels a record to success or propels an act to success is like they're they kind it, those things are often at odds with like what makes the music great, like the whole creative process. Like those are those are kind of two conflicting energies. So I think it's important to, you know, we we're trying to learn to sort of protect the creative energies that inspire the music and inspire the great things so that the business can happen, but also, you know, keep the people that work with us on our teams that are doing the business end of it, who all like work really hard for us and with us, um, you know, keep them sort of like involved in what we're doing and like keep an open conversation and, and trying to, trying to make the whole thing a bit more of a, of a fam so that, you know, we're reaching towards a, a common goal um, rather than it's like, ah, oh, you got to get this done by this time. And the, 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 there are deadlines and they're all they're those realities. But 
I think trying to protect the raw creativity as much from those those things as possible um, is has been an important thing that we're that we've been trying to figure out, and I think um, are still trying to figure out. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people would say that same thing. You know, but I think it became particularly evident, like what Matisse is saying th from the pandemic stuff of just being able to step back and like we all kind of got to catch our breaths and be like what are the what are the things that are like we're going in fast forward about and sort of doing out of reflex and what are the things that we could like tighten up and change and and make this whole thing more fun and and make the music that we're doing like really feel like our best work you know yeah i mean it, it's been a great time for reflection whether you wanted it or not i guess but um <laughs> yeah exactly but I'm, it's so cool to hear how you've you've taken that uh, that time to you know reevaluate everything. Um, and and uh, was I right? I mean, you did, you guys did the the beat mixed beat tape for your friends project. Um, yes. Was that well? I can't, my whole like time frame is so off because of the pandemic. Was that before the pandemic or was that during? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was about summer a year, before. summer before. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And then you guys did some really cool things with that. Um, also, like that's a really great record. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot, and it was it was quite a departure from uh, from what I typically would have uh, 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 expected from you guys. But it was so welcome, and and um, I'm 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 curious if you don't mind just digging into like the concept behind that because it was. I mean, even the name it sounds very casual and very free, and um, you know what was the concept behind that, and uh, you, can you talk about like the process of making that record? I mean, if you listen to like um, the Cure album and you listen to stuff like um, Glitter or like especially music to my ears, but uh, and, and even something wonderful, there's like a and oh, do what you do. Um, there's there's stuff like that's one of his favorites. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it one of your favorites? Yeah, it's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, why? also that was initially your sample chop the do right do thing maximilian yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, but nice. like, like b-tape for your friends to us was just kind of doing like a it really was a fun thing to do in terms of like showing the underground influences of like those records like which was really taking like the whole like dilla the donuts arab dilla sample chopping like that rough kind of sample chopping with those kind of drums and um and and doing and, and we I think we in Cure our, our our goal was to kind of recontextualize that with more pop electronic music, um, but with that still had soul to it obviously. And um, with the B tape for your friends, I think the idea was to kind of show the root uh, sort of influences and and us just sort of like leaning into those influences. You know what I mean? So just really being like, can we just do a beat tape? You know, yeah. can we just do our like little version of donuts sort of with our like sheen on it? Um, and that's what we really just wanted to do, just do something vibey. And there was a freedom in that, not putting too much pressure on it. Like, oh, we got to make these songs with like vocals and like, or songs with like drops or whatever. We were just like trying to do some vibey shit, you know, that spoke to um, a, a huge part of our influences in making the music that we make. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you worked with uh, Jansport J on that record too, right? Yeah, he's on two joints with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which so, is sick. Jansport's one of our favorites at doing, current guys at doing that kind of stuff. Like, we just love, like, you know, Matisse is always listening to, to like, knowledge and, like, Jansport as am I. And, like, we're just, we're just into, we just like all those guys, you know what I mean? Like, doing the current 
sample flipping stuff. And, and that's part of our sound, but um, I would say it's like, it's definitely reinterpreted through like our lens when we do it. And I think this was like a great way to just sort of like really humbly kind of pay homage to it in a way, you know? Yeah. I love knowledge, man. Knowledge is just constantly firing out uh, amazing remixes ridiculous. and beats. Ridiculous. Yeah. Shout out that fam. Yeah. Jansport J it's, it's cool that I don't even know really how to describe that sound, but it's, it's a thing. Like it's really a, a sound, right? Um, how would yeah. you describe it? I mean, I look at it as just the evolution of like the Pete Rock, the, the, the MPC driven kind of beat makers where they're just sample guys that are on machines and just they, they're literally part of that evolution of it. Um, and I mean, anyone who came up with an MPC, I was a fan of that. I mean, there's a lot of toys out there now that emulate that sound. And um, it's just digging in the crates and finding chopping good samples and not really overthinking it and just making a beat and then throwing it up there and making another beat. And it's just a culture. And a lot of those guys have a certain mindset, a certain tone a certain style they don't really talk a lot they just kind of speak through their music you know and it's just it's kind of dillist that way and it's like i feel like they're all disciples of that that era um and it's just good sample chopping it's it's almost like freestyle rapping it'd be like if there was a if there was a lane of that that was still out there and you know just guys who are good with beats you know uh beats uh wordsmith and stuff i feel like that's just a lane of a, a type of style of making beats that is just happily continuing you know it's still there and um, the LA beat scene guys are really dope with that stuff. And same with Jansport. And we're, we always, I mean, we came up with that stuff. We're all hip hop guys. That's what everyone seems to, we don't want anyone to forget. Like we're hip hop dudes first. And that's what we used to make before this electronic thing and all that. So we all listen to that shit growing up. So we were like, we want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we get away with it. Yeah. Like super fun. Like, Cause we never really it. got to do it like that. You know, we got to play live as a band, but we never got to like make just like instrumental hip-hop beats unapologetically kind of and not even all the beats are hip-hop necessarily some of them are more disco-y yeah yeah kind of house but just that vibe of just this you know this it just sounds very sample thrown around it sounds raw like it was just kind of you know the common sounds throughout the whole thing like we use common sound effects kind of like the way dilly used like the siren or whatever and just like making it kind of feel more like a mixtape was just a fun thing to lean into you know it was like we really made it for Bandcamp and then <laughs> ended up putting it on like spotify or whatever because we just like we just did but i mean that was just like a fun it was like a fun little thing to like lean into for us it was like really something to do in between albums that was fun that's so good that you just create for the sake of creating you know like it's not you know it, it, it keeps it the juices flowing it keeps you you know doing stump something and then staying inspired right Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I think we all, like I learned for myself. I think one of my friends, the other, like during the pandemic, he had, you know, to, it was really interesting to talk to other producers in the pandemic. Some producers dug in and then some producers found it struck, found it tough to make beats. And I found it for myself challenging because I, I tend to like to make beats and perform. And uh, one of my friends challenged me and he said, when was the last time you ever made a beat just for fun without thinking about where it would go? And it really stumped me because I had not done that in a long time other than some of the beats for the beat tape. And I think sometimes with us, especially with Keys and Crates, because we are like, again, we are in that machine. A lot of stuff we make was always like, well, why are you making this? You know? And I think we even had a talk where all three of us were like, no, oh, man, let's just, let's make beats a day, like three beats a day. That's for fun. Like we actually had in this internal conversation about just like not giving a shit about what we made because there was so much this idea that everything you had to make had to be for a reason, you know? So 
it's very interesting you, you brought that up because yeah the the beat tape was very fun and uh it, it sometimes we i get the sense that what knowledge and jansport do is very fun they yeah. just they don't give a fuck you know Absolutely. what i mean and so we kind of wanted to just steal some of that energy <laughs> 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 like literally we stole Absolutely. it you know so um that's Jan, so Jan, cool Jansport's a really cool guy, so. And like the remixes, like we just, we learned a lot doing that, you know, because yeah. we learned stuff about like, ah, like, I don't like it when drums are like hooked up like this with this kind of sample. Like you just learn that stuff. You're like, ah, no, like, and you just learn almost like, I don't want to call them musical rules. Cause like, you know, there's no really rules to anything, but you just learn like, oh, this really, these kind of drums really work great with these kinds of samples. And like, we we like that. We're partial to yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And it's good to learn those things, you know, you just, and you just learn it through doing different projects and, and hacking away at stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I love that. And I really like hearing that too. And um, because I think there is a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves, uh, even if they're not, you know, a successful act to try and create every song as like this masterpiece. And, you know, right. I think at this point, uh, a lot, you know, I think at your at your level, definitely you and you you know, like, not everything you're gonna make is gonna be a hit. You even talked about it earlier, Matisse, and I I really like to hear that. I think it's really great for people that are listening to hear, you know, their their favorite artists, um, you know, make songs that they don't like from time to time, and they just work through it. They move on because uh, I think that we can all overthink the creative process sometimes and just. I, I, it's really great that you say, you know, having fun. It's like music should yeah. kind of be fun, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we spend half the time trying to figure out how to not overthink shit. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I was pulling up the Kenny Beats mantra. Like, Don't overthink it. I'm trying. I'm trying not to overthink it. It's a great one. It really makes sense. Let's, um, oh, sorry. Carry on. No, no, it is great. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Let's, um, dig into uh let's play one of the songs off that i was thinking of, can we play uh evening at the beach or was it would there, there be another song that you'd like me to play off of the off the beat tape reference what's your favorite man i mean it's such a the cool thing about it is it's such a cohesive thing like you listen to it as a whole record like it works so well together um that you know you can pick up you can obviously pick out songs but one of the things that i love about it is actually you can listen to it as one whole thing um in a in a time where a lot of us are just listening to singles, you know, we're waiting for a single and you know, which is the single. I love summer. I love summer's end. I think on that one, that was like always my jam, but like, I like them all. I like too. the intro track too. I can't remember. I, I got I can't remember the songs. On um, oh, the intro one I think is like, is uh hot disco loop. I always yeah, liked. Hot disco loop. Um, shit. Way I feel and summer's end. Yeah. Summer's end. Summer's, yeah. summer's end. Yeah. Summer's end okay. is so crazy. Gonna pull up the title. Shout out title for um, allowing us to just pull up songs like this. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. All right, this is Summer's End by Keys and Crates.
played the uh, interlude. Sorry, guys. Let's play yeah, the actual song. I don't, know if you saw, I don't know if you saw our hands. That one's dope, too, but that's the interlude. The, the one before it is the one. All right, here we go. Have it. That's Summer's End by Keys and Crates off uh, a beat tape for your friends. Now, you guys, when you guys put the record out, you did like these listening sessions that were outside, uh, more like in, in, uh, in parks and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, just yeah. one. We just did one. just, we did like, we decided like instead of doing the traditional listening party in a club, we just thought, you know, where would be a really dope place to hang out with your friends and hear this? And we thought, why not do it in a park? And we just rented this old ghetto blaster and put it on a cassette tape and pressed it on there and just blared the speakers and <laughs> brought some drinks terrible. out in the park and <laughs> sounded terrible, but everyone had a good time. Invited our friends out. We just had like a picnic in the park with our friends and listened to the music and it was really dope. We brought Jansport up and he was visiting at the time. I, was he working on the record at the time or was it just? No, this was no. the second time. Okay, so yeah, so um, we all just kind of, it was just our kind of CD release party, um, album listening party really, and we just, um, did it in uh, Trinity Bellwoods, downtown Toronto, and invited out some of our close friends and just had a hang. It was really cool. Yo, did you, and you guys, so you guys pressed it up on a cassette tape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got some in here, I think. Yo, Play Hayton says he got the original yellow beat tape. Yeah, shout out, I gotta, I gotta shout out some of our fans, Play Hayton, because he's been, we got to know him on Twitch, which, you know, we were on Twitch last year in the summer trying it out for a bit, and, uh, the fans that we had made on there that would listen to us do our ridiculous jams and DJ sets, not knowing what the hell we're doing every week, and Play Hayden was always there, so shout him out for being a loyal like dude and shit, man. So we appreciate you, man. That's dope. Sick. He's yeah, always so... popping up in our feeds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's so, so sick. Um, when you were on pandemic, you really leaned into Twitch to do that, kind of giving people... It was mainly uh, uh, Matisse and Tune, right? 
So no, we all did it. We so we had two shows. Tune okay. and I were jamming and kind of doing some weird amalgamation of half live jamming, half live production, which was <laughs> terrible and exciting and fun at the same time. We just had this weird show that we we're doing, and, and then Greg was doing a, a, a DJ set on Wednesdays, kind of playing whatever he felt like and throwing uh-huh. in weird shit that he wanted to do. And we just kind of did this weekly for a little bit, you know. Um, just tried it out because it was something to do, you know, and we wanted to see what the Twitch community was like, and uh, it was fun. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. My bad, Greg. I must must have missed your uh, your sets because I was I was always raiding Keys and Crates TV during the day. Um, <laughs> but I know we had you had we had Greg on. Uh, uh, we had you guys on for a, a takeover um, last year sometime, I think, which was yeah, really dope. Yeah, that was fun. And I think we're gonna do it again um, very soon. Yeah. So uh, if you're in the chat and you're a Keys and Crates fan. Stay locked to Twitch because we might uh, have a, a, a live performance for you coming up very soon as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, back to the live performances. Um, you know, it's it's nine oh nine day today, uh, which is a significant day for drum machines. <clears throat> yep. Um, I want to know if you guys seen this Jeff Mills performance about uh, that he's done oh. using. No. Is that with him on the floor in a white room? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Have you seen it? Yeah. Mm. Oh shit. There's all like it? people have even like uh, written out the music that he did for it and stuff. Like, actually wow. wrote out all the parts. Wow. That's super cool. Let's let's play that one time. I just feel like it's really important since it's the day, and and we should talk a little yeah. bit about the 909 drum machine because it's a, uh, especially in house music, it's such an important uh, you know sound. So, and I don't know you guys are really into house music right now. A lot of the music you guys have been putting out has really strong house influence, and I'd love to talk about that. So, let's just quickly check out Jeff Mills on 909 Day, just destroying the 909 with such taste and skill. So, let's go. Hopefully, you guys can hear this.
Crazy. Wow. Can't hear you. Can't hear yeah, me. Can. There we go. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, sick. I, it's one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen, and I think it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Um, just the way it's shot and everything, like, I mean, if, yeah, if you've, if you've never seen, watch the whole thing, um, anyone in the chat, if, you've not, if you're not familiar with Jeff Mills, definitely check him out. He's mentioned in uh, Daft Punk so Teachers too, right? Um, so yeah, tell, tell, can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with, um, I mean, Jeff Mills being from Toronto, you guys being from, I'm oh, sorry, Jeff Mills being from Detroit, you guys being from Toronto. Do you feel like there's been an influence of Detroit techno and in, in, in the music that you guys listen to being in a close proximity in any way? I don't think we're like particular like techno guys, you know, and I wouldn't sit, sit on here pretending to know like we, like I've been to Detroit, um, you know, like I know I'm aware of it, but like, I feel like our influences probably comes more from like house, like listening to house music, like me personally listening to like masters of work and, and stuff like that. Um, I think I later learned more about techno and like its history, like it very, like in the last 10, 15 years. Um, so, but I mean, we have a relationship to the way they use drum machines and drum machine sounds and stuff like that. Not that we're using hardware drum machines, but we're obviously still using a lot of those sounds because they're, like tried, tested, and true, like the 909 clap and the 909 hat and shit like that. Um, but yeah, like we have like a never-ending appreciation towards it for sure. Yeah, Tune, I mean, you're you're a drum machine, right? <laughs> Tune is a drum yeah, machine. I am a drum machine. Yeah. What's your relationship with drum machines, Tune? Uh, well, I use Roland stuff, which um, I use like an SPD um drum machine that's kind of what i load samples into but i mean we've never i've always wanted an 808 and a 909 but we've never got them mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i use drum pads and hook it up and we load samples in and they've got samples inside it and you know i play them live that's that's about the extent of my relationship with drum machines <laughs> I like, we've never messed with like step sequencing like that like everything yeah. we do is like kind of played in um, and that's sort of like how we've, which is cool in itself. That's like its own thing yeah. or programming in Ableton, you know, with like hitting stuff on pads or like drawing stuff in or whatever. But um, we've never messed with step sequencing on like a hardware, like drum machine before. And yeah, like, I mean, if we could get our hands on an 808 or 909 and put it in our new studio here, we, you know, it'd be super fun to mess around with. Roland, are you listening? Let's get these guys uh, yeah, some TR. Yeah, power. Well, actually, we have something coming up. We're we're well, we're gonna go check out a bunch of Roland gear at their headquarters. They have kind of like a artist thing going on there. That's right. Yeah, in Toronto. That's right. Those yeah. those guys are so cool at at Roland. Uh, shout out to the team out in Roland, Toronto. Yeah. Shout out Lyle. Yeah, Lyle Crilly. That's right. Yeah. Big up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've been working with him for quite a while. So we have. Awesome. Is there any um? influential 909 tracks that you guys can think of off top i mean shit, man. <laughs> i don't even know if i listen to music like that like i've never really <laughs> listened to like oh that's a 909 or a like i've never thought about stuff like that either from yeah that. Like i never that. think about like especially uh like electronic music i've never thought about it from like this was made with this drum machine like i mean we could pull up 
tracks and I'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds like a 909 hat or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just don't really think about stuff like that. Um, uh, maybe I'll just play one that I, I'm a big fan of. Um, Sorry, you guys couldn't even hear me, my bad. What I was just saying was that, uh, you know, this is one song that I could identify as probably like a really cl classic 909 drum sound. But yeah, sorry, I realized, uh, my apologies for the lack of interview audio there, guys, but yeah, that was just uh, an example of one of the probably more quintessential 909 songs that I could think of. Um, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a pull for sure, man. Yeah, I never thought about that as being a 909. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't think about stuff. And maybe it's, maybe it's also because I don't, I don't feel like, I still feel like with house music, even myself, like I've been listening to house since you know, like 1995 and buying Masters at Work records, but I've, it's never been like my home base. I've always thought of myself as like an outsider with house music, whereas like rap stuff, I've really thought a lot about how it's made and stuff. And like, I feel like house, we're new to thinking about that. And that kind of defines our approach to it. It's a little bit outsidery, which, which I like. I like that about us, yeah. you know? Um, I think that's, a, I think that's working for us. And, right now but uh it is cool to kind of like go back and like learn about these things and just like learn oh that track was all oh, that shit was all 909 drums okay cool like that's super cool mm -hmm. awesome well since we're talking about kanye as well we just played a sample what is your take <laughs> on donda versus toronto's uh drake there what would what's uh what do you guys been, have you listened to both records we have yeah, yeah. discussed yeah yeah any favorites uh, I mean, they're great. They're both yeah, great. they're both great. I like the the Kanye thing. I thought was, you know, I I I could appreciate the whole production like side of the whole thing that went into making that. I thought it was you know super cool. Listen, you know, yeah, crazy man. That yeah, there's they hit different Kanye sides of you, really man. Like Kanye to me is more of a spiritual journey kind of thing. When I'm looking for more of a deeper meaning, it's you know whatever. Drake's is fun and party and kind of. You know the sound that you 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 want to get from Drake if you're at the gym and you want to work out and I don't know Kanye um the one the uh, Jesus uh the one Kanye song that's the he's got miracles on me that one is like in my head all day every day um that one sticks out for me a lot um but to be honest I was telling some friends like it was so much music in the last two weeks that the two of those, those albums are so long that um I haven't so even had a long. chance to digest all of them like it's just so much music. Yeah, you know I mean, so it, you know, I feel like sometimes I, I like to sit with like 
the album that you're supposed to sit with for a while, you know? So some people had listened to it after one take was like, oh, I have these things. I'm like, how many times do you listen to this album in 24 hours to even get your opinion? So I'm still letting songs marinate and seeing which ones come out and stand out to me more. Um, you know, so, uh, but I, I think we were saying that, you know, Kanye's album, whether you love it or not, it always has sonics and sounds on there that give you motivation as a producer. Kanye has always been able to make every other producer be like, oh, I don't know, you could do that, you know? Oh, he's and really pushing shit on. He's man. really pushing. Sure. And for me, I just watched the live version of his Donda thing online the other night, and I just love what he's trying to do with the theater and the stadium and the church. And it's nuts, but it's awesome because he's the only one doing that. So the minute he does that, he literally breaks not only himself out of a box, but he literally breaks the entire industry of musicians out of a box. And he says, look, I can go over here. So every time Kanye does something, you're like, oh, man, that's insane. You know, and it just it just gives you new fuel to do new things. So I think we enjoyed listening to Kanye for um, that sonic journey. You know, and then Drake is just good times and stuff to me. Like that—that's my personal take on it. You know, so but I'm I'm still sitting with both and letting them marinate and and seeing which ones, which songs I kind of come back to. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, man, oh, they're great, man. I don't I don't even view music like I know everybody's trying to be like which one you like better or whatever. <laughs> I mean, everything has a place. You know what I mean? Shoes. Yeah, Shoes. you have to shoe it. Everything's so tribal now, man. Yeah. It's like, do you like this or do you like this? It's like, can I fucking like both for different reasons? Yeah. I don't know. I'm so glad you said that, Greg. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think they're just two different vibes. They're very different vibes. You know, the Kanye shit is, is very intense. And, hey. the, and the Drake shit is kind of diverse like Drake's records always are in a good way, you know? Can I ask you guys a question though? I actually want to ask for any anybody who came up with albums and CD players and stuff. Do you find it hard to remember names of songs now that it's on playlists? Yeah. Or like just names of what you enjoy. Like I find now when you ask me what I'm listening, to, I'm like I don't even know because sometimes I'll put on a playlist of something. I like the song, but because it's track number seven on on my own playlist, I actually don't like I actually don't remember the names of the Kanye album, like or the Drake album. Like I just because I put it on. And because I'm not looking at a, I'm not looking at my phone. It's just on. I don't remember the names of the tracks. And I've noticed that lately. If you ask me what I want to listen, like what I've listened to the last year, I can't even tell you. I yep. It's just it's you know. So, just a well, random question I was thinking about. People in the chat are saying yes, yes, it is harder to remember the names. <laughs> I I think we all agree it is definitely. Um, I mean, you yeah. Even what you said earlier too about like trying to digest all this stuff is very hard too because. That's what Quest Love was saying. He's like, "How are you guys having like making a decision about which album is better after listening to it one time?" Like, like yeah, you said, yeah. you need the time to digest and and really get understand what the songs are even about before you can really uh, have a, a educated opinion. And and to your point, Greg, too, I thought that was really. I think I think about this all the time. You, you know, you can def, like you can like Drake and you can like Kanye. You don't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. They both provide different uh, experiences to what, like what you were saying too, Matisse. And there's really no reason why. You, I mean, they're both really great artists, right? And honestly, like, how did anyone have the time to listen to all those albums at the same, like, one length? Like, to me, they were both great, but it was like a three-hour movie, right? It's like yeah. watching a four-hour movie or something. And I was like, I got through halfway through Kanye's. I had to take a break, get some water, and come back, and you know, sleep on it and go same with Drake's. Like, I was like, man, I don't know how you digest all this music, even in one sitting. They're, they're both very long albums. Mm. And people um, are so 
fucking dying to give their hot take on Twitter. It's like, I swear to God, the album's been out 45 minutes and like the album's two hours long and people already have a full fucking review of it. It doesn't even make mathematical sense. People are just dying. People just want their take. They want their hot take on the internet and they want to cement it before somebody else gives their hot take. And it's like, it's a wildly insane and toxic thing that I think we've just you know everybody just, just needs to calm down yeah everybody just needs to calm down and take shit in and just like you know just relax a little bit yeah, just, <laughs> just enjoy the shit or don't i don't know and yeah. just, people just as, as such firm tribal stances on what they like and don't like and what how it speaks to them and it's just like just just listen to the shit and enjoy it or don't i don't know man yeah crazy well, in the spirit of that though um outside of obviously these two incredible records what what are there are there any other records that you uh, you'd like to recommend someone to check out you know or that you've listened to that has really in, helped uh, inform the music that you you're making now? See, I would, but I don't remember their names. <laughs> Boy, I, I, I don't remember their names. I have a ton of music I listen to all the time, and I can't remember their names. They're just there. They're like, oh, I like that for the strings or for that for the bass, but I literally can't remember the names of the songs anymore. Yeah, like I think it would be hard to pin. I think it would be like feel really weird to to be like this album influenced our music because it's definitely there's no album that influenced our music it's like man there's it's so diverse you know like um, we get really surgical with it we'll like like this song for the specific snare or the mix of this or the like you know we we get really surgical with it so we can we can hate a song except for one intro part or love a song just because of the way the bass is mixed so we don't have some like there's a way like we listen to songs sometimes as as fans and other times it's just like students of the game you know and i think for all of us it's sometimes hard to switch the hat because sometimes i know tune's like man this song tune loves mixing so he's like man this song mm. sounds really good and i'm like yeah but it sucks you know and he's like no but it sounds really good and it's like you know but i'll be like i like this song he's like, yeah but you just like that song because of this melody but this part doesn't sound good because of the mix so there's a bit of like student side of like there's a bit of loving it for the mix loving it for you know the enjoyment of it and then we probably have our own playlists that are like we always talk about like some of the stuff that we listen to just for fun we all have our jazz playlists and classical playlists and soundtrack stuff that we don't even know how to bring into the to the uh to the mix so you know it's we just bring in everything and we're we just do, fans I mean, of we it. listen to a lot of like i i listen to a lot of like orchestral like soundtracky shit at home and that ends up making it into our music like harps like I listen to like Dorothy Ashby at home. Oh, She's yeah. like a Japanese or like, you know, like, um, what's her name? Like Flying Lotus's uh, aunt. Uh, Alice Coltrane? Alice, uh, yeah, Alice Coltrane. And like, I like a lot of like, kind of like spiritually, like psychedelic y kind of jazz like that at home. And uh, like that stuff makes it into like tune listens to crazy stuff like that too. And, you know, you'll hear harps all over our shit and you'll hear like strings and stuff like that. And, you know, so like we take definitely influences just outside of dance music too. Um, but then we take influences from right in dance music. Like we love, you know, like listening to Kay Trinata and the way he really like approached, you know, the house stuff from like a, a Dilla swing perspective, you know? And like, we we're really trying to do that with our own stuff is like have our own perspective on like the swing of drums and how they can be in like dance music and feel unique being a little bit more swung and like syncopated in in cool ways or like 
uh, like that one Tisha song I sent you, Power, is really cool use of like breakbeat uh, layering with like uh, sample chops over it. You know, we have a we actually have a song like that on our album with like a like it's like real breakbeat, re real breakbeaty, but then with like sample choppy stuff over it. Um, and yeah, like it's just and but also with 808s and stuff like that. So just like listening to just everything like, you know, dance stuff, but also stuff from all over and like also like listening to rap, you know, Kanye and Drake and all that stuff like there's ideas everywhere. And we're yeah. just always just trying to like get excited about anything and like bring in any interesting ideas that we think would like work in our palette, you know. I just uh, posted your playlist, uh, the, the Spotify playlist of music you're listening to in the chat. Oh, cool. um, yeah. as I mean, just... it's six songs. It's not very extensive, but yeah, that's like some stuff we've been like listening to lately. Like that Tisha song I, I, I reference. Is, is, we also have a playlist on Spotify. What's it called again? Stuff we're listening to? Yeah. Yeah, we have a playlist on Spotify that we update with just tracks that we all throw on there of stuff that literally we're just listening to and has no rhyme or reason to it. It's just stuff like that so if ever anyone wants to kind of hear what we're actually listening to in the last month we just throw on a couple tracks every each one of us throws on five tracks a month and we just literally makes no sense it's just what we're into mm -hmm. so if anyone wants to really dive deep into what we are into you can go there and check us out i just put that on the if, if i think that's the one i actually linked in the chat so if anyone who's watching um you can just click on that link and it'll take you to the the master list but um uh, Greg, you did send me some songs, and specifically that one you were just talking about, uh, Tisha. Um, shall we yeah. listen to that that song you're talking about, Power? Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, let's run that. This is uh, Tisha Power. give you guys a, a a preview of that one there that's that's awesome though so tisha do you, what what can you tell us about tisha i'm not i'm not too familiar i'm not too familiar either i, I just know that song i found i found out about her like in the last few months yeah. actually from just doing um those like twitch dj sets i was just like looking i use the twitch dj sets as just a tool to look look for new music and it's like specifically new stuff so i was like oh this is great because i'll just try and find out about new producers because all the times when we're making stuff like we'll get buried in our own shit and we just like are feel like we get unaware of what's out there 
Um, and it's so cool to just like, just listen to stuff, you know, like with the intent of like, not even trying to make something, but just like listening to stuff to listen to it. And mm -hmm. within the context of like playing it for other people. So um, she was one of the people that I like just stumbled across in the last like six months. And like, she has so much cool shit. And uh, that song I think came out actually pretty recently. And that one like particularly like just spoke to kind of all of us. I remember, uh, I think too, you, you played that for me and then I played it for Matisse. And then I think I played it for you again. And yeah, you were like, yeah, yeah. you were like, you were yeah. like, oh, I played this for you. I was like, there's already. a song called mm -hmm. Power. And you're like, oh, I don't know. This is one that I know named Power. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you know, that just, and that, that one's particularly funny just because we have the break BD song on our album. Like it's, it's not the same thing, but it's just like, it sounds like it was kind of made in the same spirit, you know? So like when we heard that, we we're just like, oh, this is so sick. Yeah. That's so exciting. We can't wait for the new record. Yeah. All, nope. all her stuff is like just super cool to me like her perspective on like just the way like her like just the way she makes her shit it's just like very outside the box like it sounds very outside the box uh dance music to me which is like always the most inspiring stuff that's sick um yeah thank you for sending that over um that's tisha that's power is i think tisha's on ninja tune no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. she is oh. yeah. shout out ninja tune records um um, so we're kind of, we should probably, uh, get start wrapping this up. I have a, a very important question though. We ask every, um, uh, guest on the show and I'm really interested to get you guys' take on, um, what the power of music means to you. The power of music means to us. I mean, I mean, that's deep, man. That's, that's <laughs> deep. I mean, um, For me, I mean, it's literally shaped my whole life. It's the language that is, I mean, why I'm in the room with these guys. We all met and became friends and family, I'd say, because of music. Um, it's what we do for a living. It's allowed us, it opens doors in a way that I don't know if anything else does. Maybe sports, it connects, you know, I, I've heard about sports and music connect in ways that nothing else can. Um, it allows an amazing lifestyle. Um, I think we, when we get down on ourselves, we have to, we always kick ourselves and say, Hey man, we get to make music for a living. It, you know, it can't be, things can't be that bad, you know? So, um, I think I'm also humbled and amazed sometimes by the, the, the fans who tell us certain songs that they've listened to from ours that has gotten them through things and, you know, or the feeling, you know, actually the, the craziest thing is the people who've fallen in love or gotten married at shows we've done or people who have met their loves of their lives during festivals that we've been at the, the, com the community that comes together when you perform and they connect that moment of their life with your song and it just imprints on their head, you know, and they remember that stuff. That to me is interesting because I don't know if many other things do that, you know? So I think the way that like, I remember in high school hearing specific songs in the back of my friend's car and the bass is booming. And I remember hearing the first like, money more money more problems with like you know the big bass and that that um diana ross sample and i was like 16 at the time or whatever and it was just like feeling very like it's just you remember these moments in your life so you know that for me is kind of the power of music is it literally you can you can you can create your life as a soundtrack with music as the backdrop and date yourself in different eras and styles become cultures become part of that you know a whole 
identity of a, of a kids, you know, they're hip hop kids, they're backpackers. Oh no, these are these are SoundCloud kids. These are this. They're all based on a song, on a sound, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy, you know what I mean? They, and then, and if you don't like their sound, then they might not even let you into their tribe. It's like, no, you're not into that. Oh, you know. And you, you know, parents talk about their kids going through their goth phase, or they're going through the <laughs> rap phase. And those those things have sounds attached to them, you know. So um, I guess that's kind of to me what the power of music is. I can't really sum it up in one word, but it literally helps define your life. Yeah. Uh, Greg or Adam, do you guys want to have a go at it? I would I think it has the power to bring people together, which is a pretty big power. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, most of the relationships in my life are like from music, like, like really everything. Um, other than like my family who I'm like forced to see and stuff, ew, you know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, and maybe like my cats, you know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, everything's music. Um, I mean, for us at least. So I think everybody has a different relationship to it, but, uh, for us, I think it's kind of been like the backdrop and landscape and, and connections for our, for our lives, you know? And I don't know what I would really do. I don't know where I would be without it. So, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the power is, 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 it's, it's big. (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Yeah, it is a really good question. I will say this about music. Um, my theory is that people with common interests don't necessarily like, it's not like if we both like the same kind of furniture or like the same kind of food or something, it's not like a given that we're going to get along. Like, I think those kind of connections are like sort of weird when people bond over like really trivial things. But I feel like, and I'm sure there's other things like this too, besides music, but I will say that music is, I think probably one of the few things that can really bring very like-minded people together. And especially when you start moving towards more uh, obscurities in music, um, it can really form like, lifelong friendships you know a bit just just based on your mutual interest in like you know some weird genre or somebody very specific you know like you know like i'll i'll throw a name like jay dilla you know i feel like if, if you're like a jay dilla fan like there's like probably a good chance we're gonna get along whereas if we both like foe probably you know not necessarily you know <laughs> like, music's unique like that because um i don't know i just think it speaks to I, I don't know. There's something about vibrations and 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 uh, the uniqueness of vibrations and and the way they can speak to us as individuals and like what we like and what what resonates with us that I think can really bring people together in like a different kind of way. So powerful. It is. It is powerful. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. Like it, when I think about you guys, have, what have, what you've done. And you know that you guys harness this power of music and you perform it live, but it keeps you guys together as a group. You know, I'm I'm really grateful that you guys are you know still all really good friends and still making music. It's just so cool. It's really inspire. It's it's inspiring. You know that you guys are through that. You know you're still going strong. The friend friend thing is iffy. Yeah, together. Yeah, more like distant cousins then. Yeah, (laughs) more like. No, it's uh, we 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 talk about a lot when we look at how long we like. I think we were online. We were we were doing some um, Twitch things last year. Where we were showing some old festival stuff, and we were sharing it with our fans online. Where we were, I think we showed Sonar or, or one of our festivals we did at Coachella or something. 
And I remember Tuna and I looked at each other once. We're like, it doesn't even feel like that was us. Like it, it was a whole other, like you, like you're watching yourself, and it's like you had a different life, you know. And then I think about like Greg and I, like when we started in, like the beginning of Keys and Crates, and like where he was in the clubs DJing, and and we were out doing like soul bands and stuff, and like how that's a different era of music again. And then because we've been in Toronto, we've got to see all these different eras of music coming out, like. Cause we were right there when Drake blew up and how that changed the entire city. And, you know, we saw the change from live music to DJing and DJing to, you know, the rap world. And then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden Toronto was the spot, you know, and this is all music, you know, and we've been part of it this way. And then even our world in the, and the, and the, the, the hype machine SoundCloud remix culture thing that we were into where we drop a remix and hope to get it on the hype beast thing and, you know, get that, that was like, these are little, moments of two years, three years that people don't forget. They shape your whole life, you know, and um, people come up to us and say, oh, I was dating this girl at this time or, you know, I had this job and it got me through this. And I think that's so that's fascinating to me, you know, is 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 it's 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 music and memory, the way they stick together. I don't know how much it's been explored, but we all have moments in our in our history and music is usually attached to it. Yeah. And it's cool that you guys have really transcended all a lot of those those times like the things that you're talking about you know throughout soundcloud throughout hype hype him and you know yeah. all that you know it's like you guys are still like able to like navigate that so well it's uh really impressive um and i got we got to shout out toronto one time i mean toronto you know this is the city it's uh such a such an important city um uh, you know I, i'm not from there obviously but you know every time i go there there's a vibe there's a real culture and the, and you know it's it's wow what a, what an experience if you haven't been to toronto go to toronto i mean how much has that impacted you guys do you think as as individuals the role toronto is i know on on keys and crates well this is where we kind of set our roots in live music like it's where we grew up in the live music scene here so i think it's also like responsible for the like it's just a melting pot so i think the aesthetic of everyone here is just we're used to listening to other stuff because everywhere around you is a different culture to get comfortable with. So it's very easy to get into Caribbean music and Indian music and hip hop and salsa music and, you know, whatever, because literally a block away, there's that music being played or a friend from school went there. And it's just, so that's why the Toronto sound is so eclectic because as we travel, we learn that, Oh yeah, Toronto's special in that way. Because if you're downtown, it literally is, you don't think twice if you see a, in my in my neighborhood you'll see a black person an asian person an indian person a chinese person a middle eastern person a white person you know what i mean an irish person and you won't even think twice about it and then that same block you can get food from all of them and you can hear all the music and i don't know how many spots around the world you can do that as far reaching as toronto and i think that really speaks to why the music here is so unique we're just we're literally in a melting pot that is not like very many places in the world yeah yeah i agree um Speaking of food, though, you know, one of the we're going to get in some questions from the audience, and one of the questions that was asked um, a long time ago, I think it was brought up by you and uh, Bushy Bucky asked it, was um, yeah, what is your favorite type of pie? We this is the question that was brought up at the very beginning of the interview, and we still haven't got to it, so favorite we need to know what's your favorite pie? <laughs> pie, pie, pie. It's when he asks us a super hard question. I asked him. Ask us something simple like pie or something. Like our favorite, like, like yeah. pizza pie or like peach cobbler, uh, apple pie, blueberry pie. You know. Um... Oh. <laughs> I think right, Bishy Bucky. What was it? Lemon Let us know in the chat if I got that right. 
I mean, I would take a quiche to be honest. Okay. Oh, savory. Yeah, I mean, I'm a savory guy. I'm a savory guy too. Macaroni. Mine would be pizza. Mine pizza would be pie. Macaroni pie. Macaroni, macaroni pie. pie. All right. Yeah. yeah. There's a macaroni pie. Oh yeah. It's my parent, like West Indian. It's called macaroni. It's like you bake macaroni and cheese. You put cheese and breadcrumbs on top. You bake it. And you bring it out. It's called macaroni uh, pie. Is there actual pie crust? Yeah, it's pie crust. Most like times you bake it in. Like you bake it, yeah, like shepherd's pie. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a. I like shepherd's pie. I'm British, so like shepherd's pie. Yeah. Steak and kidney pie. You know that kind of thing. Well, you guys have been to New Zealand. Do you ever try the pie in New Zealand? Like, have you had like oh. a? No, because every time we're in New Zealand, we're there for like less than twenty-four hours, and we're like getting spit out of a hot bubble of weird travel. And we're like, huh. We go and play, and then we like have to get on an airplane immediately. I, yo, honestly, because Auckland is beautiful, yeah, and New Zealand in general is beautiful, and I'm dying to spend more time there because every time we go, I'm like, it's like a, it's like ah. It's like, can't we stay longer? It's like, no, you got to go to Sydney or something. Yeah. So, yeah, dying to get back there and try. And, and when we do, I'm definitely going to be hitting you up, Matt, for all the recos. Oh, yeah. We, uh, I mean, we got Kid Koo in the chat, too, uh, from Serato HQ. And, and he, he's going to be the pie aficionado. Um, yeah. We also got Wichazu in the chat, also a pie aficionado coming to you from Auckland, New Zealand, Aotearoa. We got, the, we got a good pie game in New Zealand, you know, if I can be honest. Yeah. Oh, we got to come out there and then do it up. I will come to New Zealand just to eat pie. Why? Like, what is what, like what, what is the pie like? What what what's the for like? What's the pie there that you guys would have? Is it a traditional dessert pie? Is it a cooked like shepherd's pie type of thing? Is it a meat pie? It's kind of. I think it evolved from like the British pie, and then um, it's like a smaller pie, like a more of like a kind of this size pie. It's sa- mostly savory, so you get steak and yeah. kidney, mince yeah, and cheese. Yeah. One of the one of my personal favorites is the chicken curry pie, which is like oh, butter chicken yeah. and a pie. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. pastry All and that curry. It's like that's the best. Let's smash two good things together. It's exactly. Good. Yeah, it's quite an advanced pie game, I'd say. Um, it's definitely evolved. Um, yeah, potato top pie. Thank you, Wachazo. That's a great one. Um, which is basically a shepherd's pie in a one serving. Well, what's, hey, what's the chain? What's there's a chain there, right? Of pies. There was actually there was well rest in peace to Georgie Pie uh, that was a uh, an eighties nineties era of pies in New Zealand. Yeah. I, we're getting really deep into the pie talk here, guys. Um, yeah. But I I think yeah there was a Big Ben pies. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm missing a bunch. I haven't lived in New Zealand for a very long time, so my pie knowledge is not as you know so deep. Here's a question for you: Is there anywhere in Toronto that you could recommend us going to get a authentic like the closest to authentic new zealand pie or something that you could recommend or anyone in the chat that would know where to get something in toronto or is it just not a thing here? i don't think it's a thing here there could crazy. be there is a place um on i think it's dundas that i've seen that does like meat pies that looks interesting i've never like tried it but but you guys would have like pie after the club right oh yeah yeah i mean i think i don't think there's a wrong time for pie in new zealand you can have pie at any time I like that. Uh, crazy. I'm into that. The the interesting thing though about Toronto for me, um, as somebody who, uh, you know, came from New Zealand to Canada, and whenever I went to Toronto, obviously, the, is the patty game. You know, the the doubles. Yes. You know, and that is also yep. kind of adjacent pie. You know what I mean? It's not actual pie. It's it's its own thing, yeah. but it does have a lot of similarities with the pastry. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never thought about it like that, but you're right. It's kind of the meat pie in its own way. But yeah. the thing of the amazing thing about patties and it's like it's interesting that you brought that up because like i just grew up knowing that 
I could just go to even a regular corner store and get a beef patty. Like yeah. that's yeah, so yeah, yeah, super yeah, normal yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. You know, it's not even like going to like a proper Jamaican spot. It's like literally like almost any bodega y kind of store here will have like the patty king pies in the in the shitty little heater. Uh, you know, <laughs> heater things or whatever. And it's like I just didn't even realize until I really started traveling that that wasn't a thing everywhere else. <laughs> I just thought that was normal. Um, so it just shows you like, I don't know, I, my, my parallel music comparison to that is like how big uh, dance hall is here. Like I remember playing a DJ set in Vancouver for the first time and being like, like not killing it, like being like, oh, I'm kind of tanking right now. And uh, remembering that like, oh, I'm just going to play reggae and this will like get me out of trouble. And then I played reggae and I just like cleared the, the place. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, cause Toronto reggae is like a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing in a club <laughs> and you're tanking, just put on reggae. It doesn't matter what club you're in. You could be in like the most like West Indian club or you could just be in like, just like a multicultural club or it could just be a bunch of white people in the club that you wouldn't think would listen to reggae. And it's like, you put reggae on and it's like, you're, you're home safe, you're home free. You know what I mean? And it's like the adjacent thing is like the beat patty thing. It's just like, it's just so embedded in the culture here because uh, just like West Indian culture is just like, it's just such a Toronto thing and it's awesome. You know, like we've all been so like uh, fortunate, like Matisse is West Indian, but like for people like myself that aren't, it's been like really cool to grow up around it and not just be like a normal thing, you know? Yeah, I've definitely heard of a couple of people playing on the States side and, and having a similar experience playing dancehall. It just doesn't quite hit. Uh, it doesn't work unless you're in, in New York or Miami and even New York, not really like you got to be in certain parts or at certain like specialty parties or whatever. But like Toronto, it's like reggae was like, I, I don't need no because I don't go to just like any club anymore. But it used to be just like any club you could play a college pub. And it's like reggae is going to be like a norm. You have to do two reggae sets. That's like mm -hmm. normal. You know, like I wasn't even the biggest reggae dude, but I had to learn to play it. I had to buy 45s because that's just part of the rite of passage here to play a nightclub, <laughs> any nightclub, really. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthias in the chat says in America, that's Pitbull or Beyonce. Um, I can't, I can't uh, qualify that. Hey, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's from uh, DC, right? That's so right. It's like, which is like, you know, you would think would be similar, like, cause we're, it's like, we're both like kind of Northeast, you know, DC is not far from New York and it's just like you, but yeah, again, you go to DC and it's like a totally different story. It doesn't work at all. And it's just like, we take, we take that stuff for granted here for sure. All right. Well, one more controversial take. Uh, what's your, uh, are you guys fans of, of Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny? Yeah. Ba the reggaeton artist. I can't really comment. I don't know enough. Yeah. Like. Oh. It's not really, like, on my radar, to be honest. Yeah, so... It's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Bad Bunny. I recommend checking out Bad Bunny. Um, just right. purely on a musical level, his production is insane. But, yeah, this seems to yeah. be a thing now, a very popular request uh, in the States, getting a request for a Bad Bunny. But I'm a Bad yeah, Bunny yeah. stan. Anyone who's asking already, I will just say so we keep it. We don't do requests on any of the DJ sets. <laughs> so we're telling you that now. So don't ask us, Bad Bunny. We will not talk to you after the show. We will not do anything else to you after that. So, and reggaeton just isn't in our Yeah, it's our, not our thing. It's not we do thing. what we do. Let us do what we do. And uh, we'll be nice to you. Don't ask us for any requests. <laughs> reggaeton, shout out the genre, though, because like the production is crazy impressive. And it's, mm. it's, it's so like, yeah. I was like listening to some like, 
I think a few months ago, and I was just like blown away how intricate the and athletic the production is. It's like very like I I just kept thinking this shit is so athletic. Like there's just so much happening and and sounds bouncing off each other. It was very interesting, but uh, at the same time recognizing that it's totally not really my thing. You know. Yeah, I mean that's totally you're totally fine. It's just interesting to me too, was especially the the link of dancehall to reggaeton. Like you know, I mean the oh. dembo rhythm being shabba ranks. Uh, you know, essentially from that rhythm and then a bunch of other rhythms that are dancehall rhythms then informing this whole new genre oh. it's really interesting um, totally. but yeah well maybe i'll send you a playlist of some bad bunny um and some other reggaeton joints and yeah. try and convert yeah, you you'll convert us yeah <laughs> uh, stay tuned for the kings and Grace bad bunny remix there we go friends part two you heard bad it here bunny. first yeah um okay so uh yeah before before we go um is there anything else that you guys want to tell about? We, we, we've, we've covered some pretty cool things today, specifically your tour coming up. Um, you're leaving uh, and doing a North American tour starting in November as well. And your new record is coming out November 13th. And yeah, that's approximately. Yeah, ish. Awesome. And yeah. The, the, the new single is coming out um, next week. And that's the one with featuring uh, Chip, Juicy J, and Marvel? Yeah. Awesome. Can Can't wait for that. What? Can we talk about no? Okay. Um, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> uh, nothing. nothing. Say that nothing. a little louder. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we got some cool little things in the works. Some yeah. features that we're going to be in. Some some stuff that I think we can't announce yet. But some 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 video games are coming out with our music in it, which oh. I can't say which one. But you'll see on our um, on our Instagram very soon. Um, so it's really really exciting about that. With one of our tracks. So. Awesome. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, that, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll take what we can get. And, and if you want to, if you want to follow keys and crates, just type in uh, exclamation point, follow in the chat and that'll pull up their uh, Instagram and their Twitch account. If you guys are going to be streaming on Twitch again, do you think? Yeah. 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 We'll do stuff on Twitch. We just moved studios. So kind of, we have to take a bit of a pause and finish this record. So yeah, we'll be back up. We'll be back up. Awesome. Twenty <laughs> 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 and we're going to have you on the Serato Twitch channel uh, for a sets very soon as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for being a guest, our guests today on uh, on the Unscripted uh, Podcast uh, slash live stream. Um, and uh, yeah, we love you. Serato loves you. Big up, yeah, Keys and Crates. Love Serato. Yeah. Can, can I just say, like, uh, shout out Serato because like it wouldn't even be technologically possible for us to have been able to do our show without serato software like literally like yeah. it wouldn't have even been possible for us to do our shit so shout out serato i have like <laughs> nothing but uh never-ending gratitude towards uh y'all and uh, you guys have an awesome team there man like you know we have mad love for you we've known you for so many years and like all the guys we met uh that you work with uh there are awesome so yeah like thanks it's it's just an honor to be uh you know no, you know, knowing you guys and uh, in touch and stuff. Oh, man. Keep with those Serato, that dude, that Serato plugin, the the one, the is it Serato, the one that sample. sample? Yeah. No, the Serato where I've been killing lately. Get better. That way. one's getting better and better. Each update you guys do, so yeah, yeah, it's been cool. It's, hey, well, it's, it is the dopest sample chop thing. Like yeah. I love that shit. Well, we got an update coming real soon too, so stay tuned for that. It'll be, I think, out next month. I can't tell you too much more about that myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but to, but just to wrap it up, I want to I want to play um the the song that you guys did with BB Borelli. I want to take it out on, on that note. But um, 
yeah thanks again guys um really yeah, really enjoyed this chat with you all and and i really, really yeah much love and i'm really looking forward to this record man um let's let's get it yeah, 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 yeah. all right we'll see you soon all right peace man peace, all right man. peace You, you always talking out your mouth sideways. Make me wanna fuck you and fight you. I wanna fuck you and fight you. I wanna wanna kiss you and fight you. Cause none of these goody goody tissues, mama's boys, is anything like you. So I take it off. I take it, take it off. I take it, take it off. I take it, take it off. Take it all off. I take it off. I take it, take it off. I take it, take it off. Take it off, take it all off.